0: My family, we have been going to Myrtle Beach area for a long, long time. We went with my family, with my parents. We'd go to North Myrtle Beach. And uh, I think it was about the third year I learned we had this TV in there. But it wasn't like now, okay? Like our minivan now, like the TV drops out of the ceiling, and then you got TV, you're good to go, right? No, back then it was like the box television, 13-inch stuffing between the seats had a VHS tape player in there but one year yeah you're laughing you're like dude that's old stuff dude. but like we found out one year that I could hook my PlayStation up to it and it was like the best year cuz as we were driving we we're just driving along with the P- the PS1 t- <coughs> hooked up to <onto> it <laughs> and uh, and playing some video games but here's the deal here's the deal okay I don't know if you guys can hear Doug's side conversation here. How many, P- how many PSs are there? <laughs> He's like, how old is this guy? Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so um, I forgot where I was going. No, I don't. And so we would drive to South Carolina every year, and it was always great because I didn't have to drive. And then all of a sudden, my wife and I, we started making this trip with our family uh, we were blessed with a place to go down there and, and have a family vacation. And we stay just south of Myrtle Beach now in this beautiful place. And uh, here's what I've learned. Is that sometimes the journey isn't always the straight shot that you had hoped it would be. Sometimes there's a detour, right? And so we're driving to South Carolina. And sometimes there's a detour that happens that takes you off a highway, sends you around a couple different places that you are not really sure about, but then puts you back on path to get to where your destination truly is. And I believe that to be true in life. You see, when I was growing up and, and even young in my Christian walk, I would believe that, you know, that Christian walk was always this uphill climb. Because if I truly had Jesus in my life and I was truly doing what I was supposed to do, and uh, then it would just be this uphill climb. There shouldn't ever be a plateau. There shouldn't ever be a decline. It's this. And then if, I, if there was an issue, if there was a hiccup, then all of a sudden you start to second guess things. And, and I believe that that happens a lot of times in our, in our Christian walk as we're, we're making these prog- progressions and all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's not going the way that you had hoped it was going to go. And so the first thing that you do is you, you jump to doubt and you start to think about things like, oh man, like maybe, maybe I really didn't accept Christ in my life because if I did, then, then why would I be doing this or why would this have taken place? And so that was my thought process for quite a while. And then I started to realize I was, I was drawing one day. And I'm not a drawer. I don't like to draw. Um, I, I like mechanical drawing. I like to draw houses. I like to, to design things like that. But I don't like just drawing. Okay? So some of you like to draw stick figures and, and nice little cabins and houses with picket fences. I don't do that. Like It's not my thing. And one day I was just drawing. And what I came to the realization of was, was that point that I just talked to you about. That sometimes that walk with faith, there's a detour that has to happen so you can learn some stuff, so you can pick up something on that way. And so you're driving straight, and you're going straight towards your destination. And all of a sudden, God sends you a little bit of a detour because he's like, hey, I need you to do something. Because Jesus, listen to me, Jesus took detours. Remember that detour that Jesus took in Bethesda? Here he is. He's headed to a festival, and Jesus takes a detour to Bethesda. And he heals a guy that's been lame that's been laying on his mat for over thirty years. Detour, detours take place. These things happen. And so today we talk about the journey to the cross. You see, we have talked we've talked through the story of Easter now, where we've talked about Jesus praying in the garden and and who is he praying for? Literally everybody, even those that the church deems untouchable, those that the church doesn't want to talk to or talk about. Jesus died for each and every one of us, and. From there, Jesus was, was tried, and they found him guilty, even though Pontius Pilate did not. The people found him guilty and sent him there. We saw that Peter denied Jesus there on the cross, uh, or not on the cross, but there in the, in the, in the, the yard. Um, but, you know, we talked about that last week, that as Jesus looks back, maybe it wasn't this look of denial, but it was this, this look of, I know you've got so much more potential than what you're showing right now. And, uh, and, and I forgive you for what it is that you're doing. And then Peter does that, and, and then Jesus is tried, and then all of a sudden he starts his, his journey. And so one of the things that I probably would have never done if I didn't go to school was find the fact that there are so many more Gospels out there than what it is that's actually written in the Bible. So many more accounts of what Jesus did than what's physically in this book. In one of my classes, we, we read and we processed multiple other Gospels, Gospels from the Gospel of Mary and what Mary's encounter was and, and all these different Gospels and these different things that were written. And you start to see this journey to the cross after the trial of Jesus and all these different perspectives of different people that witnessed this encounter of Jesus getting there. You see they, they put a, a crown of thorns on his head and, and they beat him. And they whipped him, and they sent him off to carry his own cross up to this this place where he was going to be crucified. And and then there's an account that is briefly talked about in a couple of the gospels where he got so tired he kind of fell, he dropped the cross, and and this guy named Simon was was there walking by, passing by, and they called on him to come out and carry Jesus's cross for a little bit for him. And uh, that's that's this journey. That paints this picture. If you watch the, the Passion or you watch any of these other movies, it kind of it dramatizes that. And, and I believe that that journey was not a journey that any of us would ever want to take. In fact, it's probably a journey that a lot of us could never even get through. But that was a journey for Jesus. But what I truly believe, when we talk about this journey, the journey to the cross, that started off in his birth. The journey to the cross was his entire life. It's, it's all the different ministries that built up to that point to that moment, because this is what was going to take place. And so today, I want to talk about the journey to the cross. And so I'm going to invite my wife to come up. And I'm hoping there's a microphone back here. Yep, it is. I was worried. I couldn't find it earlier. You're going to stand on this side this time. We're like mixing it up. Do you like that? So um, cool stuff. So hey, tell us a little bit. When was it that you first started going to church?
1: Uh, so when I was three years old, um, my grandmother started picking me up from wherever that I was at the time. And she would just take me to church.
0: Yeah. And what did that church life kind of look like to you? Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Um. So... Starting then, I had gone to church when I was, like, around three with her coming, picking me up occasionally. Then um, I did, at age five, move in with my great-grandmother, who's now passed. Um, And she uh, would sometimes take me to church, but she was older, and so um, we had a church bus. And so I started to really see this difference, like, in the people in the environment at church so I would want to get on the bus so that I could go to church because I felt something there that was missing.
0: That's good. And so for you was there ever this like monster of a moment for you? Like you know we hear some testimonies and we'll hear one here in a little bit. It was just like this big huge aha moment. Did it look that way to you or did it look a little bit different?
1: I would say mine's a little bit different. Um, I felt God in my life from a very young age. Um, I've, I was blessed that I knew Him because of people's testimony. The people in my church were very open and, and wonderful, and they were always checking on me, even as a small child, and you know making those intentions that we try to make with our kids here. Um, and so I started learning the love of God through them, and they. You know, as a kid, you just kind of are like, oh, I trust this person. They say there's a God, so you just believe that there's a God. And there was a a certain point that I'm not fully aware of where the transition happened where it went from the faith of the people that I love, the faith of of the people that I trusted, to being my own faith. Um, There was a couple of times where I would kind of, you know, go to the altar and like, I guess, you know, admit to this transformation, but I can't actually pinpoint when it changed from the faith of the people I love to my own personal faith.
0: Thank you so much. Give her a hand, would you? And so for Kristen, uh, her journey, you know, looked a lot like some of ours in here where it started off at the age of three, going to church, never really knew much of anything different and uh, just kind of took that path, and that was the journey that she leads to the cross for herself, and, and it looked a little bit different than some. Pastor Doug, would you come up? And so, um, Pastor Doug here, uh, everybody gave Pastor Doug a big hand. Yeah. Um, last service, we, we were kind of processing this, and Kristen uh, started going to church when she was three years old, and we found out that Doug was still playing with dinosaurs at three years old. And so, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, you want to talk know.
2: about a cross bearing? I bear this cross right here, you know, I'm <laughs> talking about a cross. To make you feel any better, Doug, I'm 31 years
0: old and I still want to play with that. Oh, uh, good for <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we were talking about. Flintstones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, So tell us a little bit, uh, when did you first, let's say experience church? Okay. Let's just go
2: there. Um, I had a secretary that kept asking me to go to church with her family. I was an alcoholic uh, in throes of my addiction. And just to shut her up, I went to church with her and her family this one Sunday. And uh, went in, sat down, I remember exactly where I was sitting in front of the sound booth. And they were, you know, we were standing and singing, and they had the words up on the screen, and it kind of reminded me a little of karaoke, which I was very familiar with. The only difference is there was no alcohol. Um, and the pastor was preaching, and I, I said to Luann, I, I said, he's talking about me. She said, no, he's not. I said, yeah, he's talking about me. And I'd never met this guy. And... uh she said, "Get over yourself. He's not talking about you." Well, I've came 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 to find come to find out later that that was the beginning of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I started going to church every now and again. And a few years later, I was 52 years old. First time I went to church. A few years later, I was going home from some place that I shouldn't have been, and I got pulled over by a state trooper. And I started crying. And he asked me, why are you crying? I said, because I know there's a God. You see, I'd been praying to God that God take the desire to drink away from me. And it was that morning on that country road that I knew there was a God. And I never had a drink since. Yeah.
0: And so your entire life leading up to that, you know much about Jesus? No. Outside of when you stubbed your toe? No. Yeah. Then I knew his first
2: and last name.
0: Yeah. And so, your walk, though different from Kristen's, still leads to the same destination.
2: It does. Yeah. It does. Mine um, came late in life, 52 years old. At 59 years old, I started back to school mm-hmm. to become a pastor.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And so, yours was a big aha moment. Yours it was. was. Yours was, this is what needs to take place. This is what needs to happen.
2: Yeah. yeah. And as, as I as I prayed... For those couple of years, uh, I asked, you know, they say, look for a sign. You know, look for a sign. This, the sign was that I had to go and spend 10 days in jail. Hmm. That was the sign. And in jail, I realized that people knew less than I did. And I started a Bible study, and I couldn't even spell Bible. Hmm. But God told me to do it, and then I came out and went into prison ministry.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Doug just confessed why you can't work with kids. And so <laughs> just, No, that's, just not just <laughs> that's not true. That's uh, not true. Doug Back, is background check. Doug is is an incredible example of what it is that God can do, but so is my wife. And in each journey, what we're getting at here is that each journey looks a little bit different. And so, um, everybody give Pastor Doug a big hand if you don't mind. <laughs> I got one more person to bring up to you. I'm gonna bring my buddy Ethan up. I found out uh, last service how he really felt about me for a while. And so uh, um, I've known Ethan for a little while now, about five years. Um, he was a part of uh, the youth group in Springfield, and uh, he was super quiet. Like this man wouldn't say a word. And uh, and it was pretty, it was a lot of fun though, as he, uh, going into junior, senior year, started opening up, and, and he was one of the first. Uh, he was the second ever that I allowed to stay from high school going into his freshman year of college to be able to help and lead youth ministries, and uh, he was the first one on staff here at Movement, and uh, so I, I wanted him to share a little bit today with you guys as well. Um, Ethan, uh, share with us a little bit. Church for you, man, uh, was it something always, or was this a new thing for you?
3: It was. I was, I was born in a church. Uh, no, not literally. I was born in a hospital but I was I was in the church since I, I was born. Quick? Go ahead.
0: Please nobody ever gets birth inside this church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting this out there. If that's happening, go to the hospital. All right, I'm sorry. I just I had to put that out there cuz I think you're in the same boat as I am with that one. Well, and, I I won't be here. And I'll be we gone. stopped and we stopped Pastor Doug from last time, so
3: Doug was a hooligan last service he was. and he so was. we cut that off. <laughs> so yeah, so I was I was raised in the church. Uh, My grandpa was a pastor, and so my mom was a preacher's kid. And so I was always in the church. Every Sunday we were at at service, and it was kind of like, I said this last service, it was kind of like going grocery shopping. It was just kind of something we always did. And it wasn't, like, strict, but it was kind of expected. That's just kind of what we did. Um, Yeah, it was, my whole life I was just at one church.
0: Yeah. And so so you go from there, and... uh was there a defining moment for you where you finally just said, I get this? Like, this is, this is truly it. Yeah,
3: my, it's, it was pretty similar to Kristen. As my, I never, my faith was kind of based off of my family and those around me. I never really got it. And so it was at a winter retreat that we had with the youth group, and we were fasting. And um, it was like I was dealing with some tough stuff at the time, and it was really hard. And, and at this moment, I was kind of put in my own little world. was kind of face-to-face with God, and I was experiencing kind of what Christianity was and what this whole thing was about, and it was fasting, and I liked to eat, and I didn't have, like, one craving of food the whole time. We even had a big feast at the end, and I didn't even want it, because I was just in this whole world where I was encompassed by God and kind of what Christianity was, and it was my first taste of really kind of what this whole thing was about.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, and so... So that was a big defining moment for you, and then we had the privilege of going to uh, Nazarene Youth Conference together a few years, maybe a year later or something like that, and we went to Phoenix, Arizona, and it was a huge moment for me, and I know that it was for you as well, as we got to see the, the glory of what God is all about and his creation as we went to the Grand Canyon. Talk about, about that just for a second. Like, I think it was a cool moment, wasn't it? It was
3: really cool, and a lot of people were like, it's just a hole in the ground, and I was like, you guys are out of your mind. Um, We only had like 10 minutes or something to look at it, and that was super disappointing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it was... I used to be a geology major, and so I was a little bit of a rock nerd, I guess. And so I was like, taken aback. I was like, this is amazing. Like, you could look for miles, and you see all these different striations and all these different crazy things, and it was really cool. But,
0: yeah. yeah. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Give Ethan a hand. (laughs) What I love about that picture of the Grand Canyon and you can look for miles and you can see all these these different variations in the land, these different variations in what it is that you're looking at. That's a lot like our journey. Our journeys all look different. The reason for this today is simply this. I want you to know that your journey is important. No matter what it looks like, no matter the detours that God has taken you on, maybe the person you're talking to might say, hey, I've been on one detour and God's really taken me into the wilderness at this point in my life. And you're like, it seems like every time I get out of a detour, God's putting me in another detour. Well, that's your path. That's your journey. And for everybody, it's going to look a little b- bit different. You know, we're excited because on Easter, we're going to be do- doing baptisms. And right now, like, I'm super excited because my buddy Jeff is going to get baptized. His journey, yeah. His journey looks different from Ethan's journey. Ethan grows up in the stinking church just like my wife did. But their journey looks so much different. The moments that they come to know Jesus and and really experience what it looks like, even though it was the same path, if you would just hear that part, like, yeah, I grew up in the church my whole entire life. You're like, okay, that's great. It looks so much different. Pastor Doug comes up here, drops the bomb that 52 years he didn't hear the name of Jesus He didn't even know who Jesus was, and at 52 years of age, came to know who Jesus was. His path looks different. His journey looks different. But here's the amazing part of this, is it all points to the same thing, and that is the cross. Listen to me. In Luke chapter 9, I'm absolutely loving this, all right? Check this out. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and uh, he predicts his death. This is before Jesus died. Died. Okay, listen to me. This is before Jesus died. This wasn't a resurrection thing that he preached. This wasn't something that he came back and spoke about before Jesus died. He says this in verse 23. Jesus said to them all to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, listen to me, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Listen to me. He's telling you before his death on a cross that you need to take up your cross and walk daily. Your journey is to the cross. Every day we get to that point and that we have to make that decision. And I get it. Sometimes that's a hard decision to make on a daily basis. You know, some days you wake up and, and things just aren't going your way. You know, I've been there. Some days you wake up, and before you even wake up at 6.45 a.m., the kids are going at it. They're mad at each other. They're screaming. You get woken up by their screams. I'm not okay with that. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden I start my day off on the good foot because I'm like, hey, this is the journey. This is what it's supposed to look like. No. Sometimes there's detours. Sometimes there's roadblocks in what it looks like. But I can't remember who it was, but we were in a Bible study one day, and they said this, that sometimes you just got to be able to put your armor on. Sometimes you got to be able to put your armor on. Sometimes you just got to redirect yourself and say, hey, I need to walk towards the cross. I need, to, I need to die for the cross on a daily basis. And maybe today I haven't had that moment to really stop and say, God, I need you today. We get caught in the chaos of life, and that journey takes us on a little bit of a detour. But here's, here's what I want to say to us all today. It's as simple as this. Our journeys are all going to look different. They're all going to be different. Nobody's journey is less important. Nobody's journey is more important. To God, nobody's journey is is this much bigger or this much extravagant. It's how you live your life. It's how you take that journey. It's how you walk that journey. And where you direct that journey towards is what makes the biggest difference. And I'm excited for what's happening here. As we watch journey after journey after journey with Jesus. As we have testimonies of, of kids to adults coming to know who Jesus is, making that step of faith to be baptized, making that step of faith to make him the Lord of their life, God is doing big things. Allow him to do big things in your life today. Maybe your journey's taking you on a detour in life and it's hard to see Jesus right now. Maybe sometimes it's time to get back on that journey Sometimes it's it's time to get back on that path, make that decision, get that fresh start, get that fresh vision. God has something for each of us in this place. You're never too old to have a detour. You're never too young to have a detour. You're never too old to get back on the path to where it is that you're headed to the cross. You're never too young. God has a plan for you.